whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hello. Hello. Hi, James. This is Marina from Rock Antenna. <laughs> Hello, Marina. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm really well, thank you. At <laughs> home in Glasgow. You're in uh, Glasgow? Luckily, yeah, it's not raining today. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it makes a nice change, but everything's great, thank you. Perfect. Has it been raining in the last few days? It's been raining quite a lot. You oh. know, usually in the summer we're on the road and you're kind of in a different country every day, so you, you kind of forget what the weather's like at home, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, really, it's really quite oppressive. It's been a long summer, it really has. All right. Well then, <laughs> I'm glad it's nice where we're at right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, thank you so much for taking time, James, um, to talk with us uh, a bit uh, about your new music. So um, in August, you released your new album, A Celebration of Endings. I love the album, by the way. Um, it's also it's quite fitting for this kind of crazy times we live in, you know, because of the title and all that stuff. The album, Marina, was recorded last year, um, all finished, all ready to go in November. I think we had the artwork done around about January. So long before coronavirus was even a thing. We had this record, we had the title, all the ideas of what the songs were about. It was already there. So actually in no way did corona <laughs> did coronavirus influence us at all. It's almost like Simon has um got a looking glass into the future because so many of the things that Simon and were talking about and singing about in the record is really pertinent to to the current situation. The record was, was made before coronavirus was ever anything that any of us had ever heard about. That's a really interesting coincidence, isn't it? It's crazy, yeah. It's, it's funny how, you know, people talk about life imitating art and vice versa. And it's it's just kind of crazy. The record is really dealing with change, change in society, personal change, not being afraid of change and kind of trying to move, to, move forward in a uniform, with unity, you know, with a little bit of compassion for each other. And um, we feel like in in recent years, people have kind of lost so many of the parts of society that we think are so important. Things like trust and uh, supporting each other and understanding and tolerance of other people's views. And it feels like so many of those parts of society have been erased over the, the last few decades, really. Yeah, but it's like so... Um like such important um like values and, and and topics that you that you're talking about you know but talking about the release maybe i mean you pushed the release back because of the coronavirus right did yeah originally the record was going to come out in march or maybe maybe it was may time something it kept changing it kept changing so many times that eventually we, we just thought this is um let, let's wait let's wait until we can be sure We couldn't get vinyl made, we couldn't get CDs made, we couldn't get all of these things that are so important. And I know people can get a download code and they can still get access to the music. But to us, the artwork and everything that comes with it is so important as well. So obviously all of our touring plans were completely abandoned and the summer festivals were all abandoned. We had to change a lot of plans. But, you know, it's been difficult, but people's lives have changed so much. People are in a much more difficult than a rock band having to delay the release of, of the album. That is not the worst thing that's happened to the world this year. <laughs> so we, we just try to kind of remain positive and um, you know the music was there, it wasn't going anywhere. We were really proud of the music. We knew that if if people could just be patient then we could we could let it become part of their lives. Yeah. And then but how did you um deal with it personally with the whole situation? I have a lot a lot of nervous energy. 
I almost didn't really stop, whether that was just doing things around the house, like painting and doing things in the garden and trying to stay busy in that way. I did spend a lot of time in the first few months on like calls with friends, reaching out to old friends and, and trying to stay connected with people. I think that kind of helped me through it first. But uh, yeah, I realised that I, I was actually quite nervous through a lot of it. I just didn't really realise it. I think I just buried myself in, in trying to stay busy and, you know, doing things for the band as well. Yeah. And I mean, you, you stay quite busy, you know, um, first with the release of this record. Um, let's talk about um, the uh, the record a little bit more. Um, what makes this album, A Celebration of Endings, special for you? Um, and also compared to your former albums? As a band, we always try to move forward, I think. People often talk about what our influences are and although it sounds a little bit strange to say, often we're influenced by what's gone before for us as a band. You know, and the, the last couple of projects have been a little bit different. We did MTV Unplugged album, which was a great experience to explore those songs in a, in a different way without the kind of wall of noise. And then after that, we did a soundtrack album which we created all the music for the movie before the movie was shot. And it, it was a really unique and interesting time for the band. So I think going through those processes taught us a lot about what we wanted to do with this record. We knew we wanted to be loud again and, and rock. That's always a part of the band. But we really felt that we wanted to continue to push ourselves and, and in our eyes take some risks. I think if you're not taking risks... If you're staying still, it's almost like you're moving backwards and it, it feels that we want to try and keep developing our sound and exploring new sounds for the band. I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is Simon's songwriting where he's looking out of the window a little bit more and he's looking at society and it's still from a very personal point of view but it's been amazing to see him write about these kind of universal ideas and in a way that kind of can really apply to everyone's life and I think that's something I'm probably most proud of. And uh, what what has been the most difficult song to write then? Uh that's a that's a good question. The most difficult song to write. That is a that's a good one. I hadn't really thought about it in those terms. I think Cop Syrup, the last song on the album, was one that when Simon took the, the it's almost like two songs, two ideas smashed together into one. And when we first started to play that as the band, it, it was really hard for Ben and I to to hear the ambition that Simon had for the for the piece of music. For those that maybe haven't heard it yet or are a little unfamiliar, it's really it's like a punk rock song at the start that slaps you about the face for like a minute and a half. And then it goes into a really long, kind of lush, almost orchestral, kind of psychedelic moment for like four minutes. You kind of forget where you are, that's sort of the whole idea. And I think for Ben and I, just trying to build that section when we were at home in Scotland and we, we didn't have the string section, we didn't have the flute players and, and all the extra elements and it just took us a little while to really build that section up. I mean, I guess hopefully it was worth worth the effort. <laughs> because well, I, I think, think so. That <laughs> that's really kind of you. But it, it, it's something that we're really proud of and, you know, sometimes you get a song that, you, you know, it, it does come a little bit easier for whatever reason. That one took a little bit more work. Hopefully you can't hear the work that went into it, but um, 
yeah, something that we, we really had to push ourselves to make that one work. Oh, that's, but that's really cool. Um, you know, if you, yeah, like you said before, you just like push yourself. Um, if that one was your most difficult song to write, um, do you think you maybe value that one the most or um, is that your favorite? In some ways, it is my favorite. <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely one that I can't wait to play live. It'll be interesting to see if everyone leaves or <laughs> or how how that song goes down that's that's going to be quite curious you know once you've you've made an album and you've spent you know a year and a half or two years really examining every moment once you've recorded it you have a little bit of a space from those recordings and and then when you go back you sort of forget in a way what it took to make it at least i hope so that that's the that's the dream that is if you forget that it's work that it it just happened it just appeared It's just a thing there to enjoy. Um, so I would like to get to a place mentally where, you know, you forget about the effort that went into it and, and you just kind of enjoy the majesty of what it is. So I, I don't know if there's that direct relationship between how hard you worked on something and, and how much you love it or, or savour it thereafter. Yeah. But um, uh, if you think about um, the making of uh, the record, like you said, it's, well, it's, it's, it's been a while um, already. Do you have a, a favorite memory of creating it? Maybe a fun story, something that happened in the studio or something? It was really nice, again, as a band to be staying in a little band house. And we got a little house in, near to the water in Los Angeles. And in many ways, it sounds like the Brady Bunch. And I, I guess it, it kind of it kind of us, the, the three of us and Simon's wife was staying with us. And our, our wives came out at, at different times to, to kind of make sure we were okay. <laughs> But just being together, you know, the music's so important. Of course, as that's that's, you know, that's that's what we do. But just being together and going to the supermarket together and the intricacies, the little ins and outs of daily life, those are the bits that I really kind of cherish. Going to get a coffee and maybe even the days that we weren't working. That's the kind of memories for me that I'm actually really proud of in a way that for a band that have been together for 25 years that live in each other's pockets you know we, we still have our moments of course but to be able to live together and enjoy each other's company and hopefully be inspired by each other that that's something that I'll really cherish those memories forever and you know the music is almost slightly separate to those memories that's me just talking about us being brothers and, and friends I, th I think that's something quite amazing and quite unique yeah it's like it's the simple things in life right isn't it yeah that's it you know and, and I think now more than ever I think we have to be as a society a little bit happier with less you know I think society was becoming so greedy and you want everything now and patience people were lo losing their patience and they wanted to have three bloody international holidays a year and I just think that you know the world is changing and I, I think we all have to make those adjustments as well yeah no I totally agree with you well but it's nice that the, that the record is now out as well <laughs> um, <coughs> it is currently our record of the week actually here at Rock Antenna so uh, we're spreading wow. the word all over Germany and Austria <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. That's great. That's really cool. Well, thank you for creating it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a few songs uh, that we especially play. Um, one of my favorites is actually Instant History. Could you tell me uh, a bit of the like background story about that song? How did it come about? This is a song that when I talk about taking risks as a band, this is really probably the, the one song that, that most fits into that category. 
um, you know, being a guitar rock band, we're always going to live within that world. But we want to step out of it now and again and try different things. And we were a little bit nervous about how people might receive this song. You know, it's it's so heavy with the synthesizers, and there is some guitars in there. They're just they're just kind of at the background. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think that's you know when Simon brought in the melody, we we just knew straight away that it was something that that felt really strong. But we just weren't in, entirely sure as a band how to how to create the right sound for the song, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some most songs you can play an acoustic guitar and they still sound great, but sometimes you, you just think you want a little bit more for a song. We knew we wanted to have a really huge sound, and this is one that we went back and forth. It wasn't immediately clear at first. Mm-hmm. That's where... That's where I really hope that now when you listen to it, you, you don't hear that work. You don't hear that effort. Hopefully it sounds effortless. <laughs> and and it's almost like the song always existed. But that that's one that, um, you know, I'm really proud of the kind of, of the effort we put into it. I, th- I think we took some risks there. Yeah. And um, it's really, really great you guys are playing it. You know, thank you so much for all the support. It, re- it really means a lot. Oh, no worries. Like I said, thank you. <laughs> and um, yeah, l- like you said, instant history. Um, I think... You know, when I listen to it, like um, driving in a car and everything, it just like puts me in a really, really good mood. It makes you, it makes you want to drive a little bit faster. I think. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm driving fast anyway. <laughs> it makes me go for, <laughs> even uh, more faster, <laughs> even faster. <laughs> that was not English. <laughs> safely, safely though. Always, always safely. <laughs> always safely, of course. Always safely, yeah. but rocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some other songs um, as well um, uh, could you uh, tell me a bit about End Off and what's that one about and how did it come about End Off for me is us embracing our, our punk rock roots you know like it sounds like three guys in the garage I, I think it sounds like the way I wanted to sound when we were 14 <laughs> the way I heard it in my, in my head and it reminds me of being a, a young music fan and queuing outside of venues and you can hear the muffled sound of the band inside and you have that anticipation of wanting to get in see what's happening but you're also a little bit scared you're also a little bit scared you know but you know just outside the venues here in Glasgow and like the King Tuts and the Barrowlands and going to all these amazing venues when you're kids and you're 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 going to see your favorite band but you're that you're nervous, you're scared, there's, you know, there's just the noise, the, the kind of smell, the sweat, all those things. And I think that song for me, that's that's what I was reminded of when, when that song starts. It's, it's got that really kind of dirty bass line, which I really love to play. And the guys are just making a real noise. And for me, that song's all about the noise and the tension. I guess it speaks to the tension that exists in your mind sometimes when you, you come to a little bit, like the end of your tether, as we might say, you you just cannot, you can't keep your mind in control and you just want to, you have a kind of slightly nihilistic viewpoint, you just want to smash the place up and you you, it's almost like your mind has had enough. So I think that's why we wanted the music to be really angry and noisy and, and kind of try to represent that emotion as best we could. I like the nostalgic vibe that you were talking about. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that... Uh, I mean, I guess we all miss going to live shows and concerts so much, but it's that anticipation of when you're waiting outside and it, you, you're frankly scared. You know, that that's what I remember as being a kid. It's like, it just all these big, excuse me, I think I swore there. <laughs> but just lots oh, of... Oh, no, just you lo- can lo- swear, lo- you know. 
Oh, that's that's great. But lots of big dudes at a rock club, and it's kind of it's scary and intimidating for a wee guy. You, you feel that you're going to get trampled on, but you often find it's those the scariest people that are the first ones to pick you up whenever you fall over. <laughs> yeah, well, the good thing in uh, the rock and metal community is that as soon as you fall down, there are like at least six hands that already like push you up in a second. <laughs> that's it. I, I think people kind of often misinterpret the the appearance of people who like rock music with, with yeah. the black t-shirts and black leather and things like that and they think it's it's scary and intimidating but really it's such a welcoming commu- community and you know that's why I'm so proud to be part of the rock antenna community and we can't get to Germany and Austria at the moment which is so frustrating so to have this little chat and to feel that you have that community I think it's I think it's so important. I think the rock community is so loyal. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's something that's really important. Oh, that was really, really nicely put. Yeah, we're actually really nice people in the rock community. <laughs> we don't bite. You got it. We don't bite. Right. Um, then there's uh, also another song on record that we play is Weird Leisure. What's that one about? How did it come about? Weird Leisure really is about seeing a friend dealing with, with drug addiction, to be honest, and, and all the kind of the inevitable sort of highs and lows that come with that. Really more the lows, to be honest, um, because that that's what drug addiction does. It, it, in the long run, it really kind of brings lows. And, you know, you can try and help people like that. You do all, all that you can to help. You can put an arm around them. You can be tough at times, but really it's up to that person to, to help themselves. I think one thing that's so great about the music in this song is it... it the tempo of the song really changes all over the place. It makes you feel a little seasick. And I guess the ambition was to try and replicate the feeling you have when you're on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) It's where time is kind of getting longer and shorter as you go and your kind of mind goes all a little bit weird and it gets a little bit psychedelic. So it's it's an important subject matter. It's it's not a funny subject matter by any means, but... um, I think the music has a kind of playful sound to it, which is it's quite a strange marriage. Those those sort of the subject matter and the sound of the song, and I think that's often something I love in music, where you you maybe hear a song that sounds that sounds funny, but really it's about something quite dark, or or vice versa. Some of the the best pop songs are really about something that that's really dark within your soul and. It's kind of funny when you have a kind of bright song, you know, a bright sound to it. So I think Weird Leisure is, um, if you, I, I, again, I, I, when I'm thinking about these songs, all I can really think about now is playing them live. Um, it's so strange. That's all I'm, I'm missing. It, it feels like the it, the band's like marching in that song. It feels like a bit of an army in the verses and then it gets the chorus and it's like some kind of slippery golden syrupy yeah. <laughs> kind of mind melting moment you know where it just goes a little bit psychedelic so um yes one we're, one we're so proud of again we, we really hope that you you guys can play um all the songs live very very soon um it's it's interesting though that you just mentioned um about like the best uh, pop and rock songs you know have like a good vibe uh, thing and then the lyrics are like so different because we actually we have a special um doing exactly on that topic on the weekend so it's really interesting that you just mentioned that i think probably I- I really first started to think about it when Simon was writing about the death of his mother, which is, of course, you know, it's the saddest thing that that, anyone, that can ever to happen to anybody in such a, a dark moment. And it was just, um, it was funny to kind of observe that 
juxtaposition between a kind of playful melody mm -hmm. disguising a really dark lyric and I think that can it can really heighten your appreciation of a song it, it, but sometimes if you feel that you understand the song and it's not until months or years later that you that suddenly you get it yeah I think that's that's an incredible feeling that that the power that music has in that moment is it's just so powerful it's so incredible I think that's why we all all love music so much yeah no I totally agree um and uh, yeah well there's a there's a great um variety on the whole record um I mean I think you kind of like mentioned that already um Uh, over the last few minutes um, and now that the record is out like uh, mid of August you released it uh, Celebration of Endings but I've heard that you are also already um, writing a, a new record a sister record or even four records <laughs> <laughs> what's true now again. what's true <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what's true Marina I, I do know that we're that, <laughs> that we love making music You know, sometimes you say things, and sometimes you th say things that when you're excited and it it comes back to bite you in the ass, and you're like, "Why did I ever say that?" So, I, I may be a little bit more cautious what I would say than than the great Simon Neal is. I think he might have been uh, on a bit of a high that day. But um, do you know, when, when one of the things the band's always done is, you know, before we go into make an album, we, we probably have fifteen or twenty songs to choose from. Mm -hmm. And as you're kind of streamlining things down and, and working things out, that, that number comes down a little bit because you figure out what songs tell a story, what songs work really well together. So that kind of leaves us with some songs left over, but, but always songs that we love, songs that we care about, that we want people to hear. And we try to sort of clear the decks before we move on to like the next album proper, if you like. So we, we tend to do like what used to be a B-sides album. You don't really have B-sides anymore. So we tend to make what we've called a kind of companion or a, a sister album to go along with it. So <laughs> that, that's kind of where it comes about. It's by no means throwaway songs. These are all songs that, that it, at some point were in the running to make it onto a celebration of endings. So, you know, we, we, we still have a really kind of high barometer for... For quality, we still, you know, quality control is still important. Yeah. But what we don't want to do is we don't want to take these songs into the next album because we just don't want to have that hangover. We, we, we want to kind of start again every time. So that, that's kind of the idea behind it. Every time I look at the calendar, I get a fright because the weeks are just marching by. It's crazy. I was talking before about time slowing down and speeding up and it, it's kind of funny how, how this year's panned out. I know. You know, I want, I want people to... It's it's really crazy, but um, you know we 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 we'll keep making music. We really will. If if we can't come and play live just yet, we'll be making music somehow. So I want you to enjoy a celebration of endings for a little while longer. You know what I mean? I don't. I hope you're not bored of that just yet, and no. um, I, I hope that becomes a part of people's lives and they can really kind of it can seep into their soul. <laughs> so maybe maybe when you get fed up with that, we'll, um, we'll have something else for you. Then you have the sister record. Exactly. I think that is a really, really nice definition. <laughs> a sister record of the, <laughs> um, yeah, like leftover songs. But um, That's it. So are you actually working on new music though? Like that could already be for a new record? I, I would say not just at this moment. It won't be far away. I think probably, I mean, we're, we're still... I think probably because we're still 
talking about this record so much, sort of day in, day out, still doing a lot of promo and, and press from home, which is really nice. It's really nice to check in with people around the world and and just have, as we would say, a little bit of a blether and just seeing what's up. You know, I really like that, but it, not inclined just at the moment to make new music, I think. I know that's going to come. You know, I'm not panicking. It's not like... The record's only been out for a, a few weeks. <laughs> so I know. You're being a bit harsh. You're being a bit harsh, Marina. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Because I, I read it and I was like, because I read I was like. No, I know. Even like maybe even four records coming before the end of, of uh, 2020. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How? I mean, you'll get, you'll, you'll get a different, you'll get a different um, answer from Simon Neal. <laughs> he, he's, he's coming, he's coming to my house in an hour because we're, we're doing some stuff together. So I'm going to, I'm going to quiz him. I'm going to ask him what he set us up for. <laughs> I, I think, I think he may be doing a project or two on his own, sort of out with, out with Biffy Clyro. Is which he? is great. You know, he's, he, I think so. I, I don't really know. I've probably said too much now. Who knows what he's going to do? The guy's <laughs> an enigma wrapped, wrapped in a puzzle, but, um, he, he's, um, He's an amazing guy. I mean, he's he just um, he'll tell you that not every song he writes is great, and that you have to you have to write all the crap ones before you get to the good ones. But I'm still to, I'm still to hear the bad ones. <laughs> I think the guy's just um, an unbelievable talent, and um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he put four records out this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but um, just for the record, I really didn't want to be harsh or anything. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just winding you up. I'm just having a joke. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> then we're all good here. <laughs> um, but um, now that the new record is out, and like you said, you're like, I mean, it's not out for that long. So, um, but you cannot like really play it live. I mean, you did do a virtual show where you played um, all the songs, but um, what are um, any like further plans? Do you plan on doing more virtual shows and maybe smaller shows um, over there in the UK? I'll, I'll be honest. We, we don't have a, a plan at the moment. We don't have a plan at the moment. We, we've booked a tour in the UK for April next year, which we're going to we're calling the Fingers Crossed tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all just really, really hoping that goes ahead. I don't think we could do a better virtual show than we, than we did. I, I know that sounds a little big-headed, but maybe that's just a sign of how proud we were of it. I, I don't think we can do that any better. Now, maybe people missed it, so maybe we'll have to figure out a way to make it available, or maybe we'll we'll we'll, we'll do something. Um, but we've been keeping an eye on. A lot of the kind of uh, the first concerts that have been happening, sometimes it's a drive-in concert, sometimes people are separated into little booths and social distance concerts. I can't imagine a Biffy Clyro concert that's social distanced. That That's the bit that I'm struggling to get my head around. A, a rock show is about that kind of communal feeling. It's about kind of bumping into each other. And yeah. But having said that, things have changed so so we have to like i was saying before we have to be ex we have to be happier with less before we have to be happier with a different scenario a different setup so i think i'm just going round in circles here to say that no we don't really have a plan <laughs> I, i think we're, it's got to be safe it's got to be safe for people to come and watch a band that is a, that is a fundamental that is the most important thing and at the moment i haven't seen anything that is quite given me the idea that that will happen very soon. You know, I've, I've seen people talking about people being like, like going through those kind of metal detectors you have at an airport, but maybe getting sprayed with some sort of disinfectant. And somebody a lot smarter than me is going to come up with an idea. But um, 
all I can say is that when someone else does, when someone else has got that idea, then we'll, we'll jump on it. But I don't. As for now, I'm not really too sure. Um, the one thing that's keeping me positive is the rock community and the music community. Everyone wants to go and see bands. Everyone wants to go to a concert. All the bands want to play. All the venues want it to happen. It's it's not like people are being lazy and they don't want it to happen. So as soon as we can make it safe, we'll be one of the first bands that come to your town. That's all you know. That's all I can promise is, is we're you know we're a touring rock band. We we tend to play like a hundred and fifty or two hundred shows a year. So so when we can, we will. You know that's all I can say. It's I think it's like literally fingers crossed. It's it's, it's kind of tough. You know, I know hope is not a strategy. It really isn't. But without hope, then we don't really have anything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I was just about to ask because um, we uh, did have some uh, drive-in. Um, concerts like um, car concerts here over in Germany yeah but it is different yeah, yeah I like stay well, in your car that, and like not really like cheering and stuff I can't imagine like at the drive-in as a band that we used to watch when we were kids and it's one of the best live shows that I've ever seen I've seen them like four or five times and apart from once they were they were amazing every time apart from once now because there's shows about the energy and everyone jumping about and dancing I don't imagine that I would want to see that band sitting in my car. Mm -hmm. But if you say to me, Marina, that that's the only option, then I probably would take it. You know what I mean? I probably would. So it's. Um, I think we'll just see how things go over the coming months. Um, I think it's great that people are trying. I do. I think it's really great that all these different initiatives and different ideas. We have to be careful that the venues don't all close, you know, because that, that's what's going to happen eventually. And then... I suppose they just end up getting bought by the huge, huge companies and then everywhere becomes the same. And we need to keep that identity, that local identity. And okay, It'll be okay. It'll, that's how I feel. It'll be okay. Oh, that's very positive. That's very good. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know where it comes from. But, um, <laughs> I'm not going to question it too much. <laughs> right, but how do you experience the, um, I say, the, the governmental um, support um, in, in your country? I feel like the British government have been a joke, to be honest. It's really embarrassing the way that um, things in Westminster have been handled. I think the, the mixed messaging, the constant changes, I think Boris Johnson himself has been... AWOL, he's been absent without leave, he's been nowhere to be seen um, and what that does is it makes it really difficult for the, the devolved governments in Britain so the Scottish government, the Welsh government and the Northern Irish, Irish uh, the Northern Irish government it makes it really difficult for these people to have clear and concise messaging and I was already embarrassed by the government in the UK because of Brexit you know I'm, I'm embarrassed to bring it up to speak to a friend in, in Germany it's, it's embarrassing the way we've helped, we've we've conducted ourselves um, in Scotland we never voted for Brexit you know 63% of people voted to remain in the EU so it's a really difficult moment um, I know my language is quite divisive I'm talking about people's mistakes and I think this really is a time for unity and for people to come together but it just reaches a point where you can't you can't endorse these people you can't support these people It's sort of like one rule for them and an, another rule for everybody else. And I think probably just turning 40 this year and growing up a little bit, it's like I certainly feel now it's time for me to speak my mind a little bit more. And 
as you've asked the question, I, I think I have to say that it's it's been a joke. <laughs> it's been an absolute okay. shit show. Yeah, well, we're we're um, like observing the whole situation as well because I just recently read that yeah. there are like about sixty percent of professional musicians that are actually um, thinking about like just stop making music because yeah, they. Yeah. In the UK, we admire so much the the sort of engineering status that Germany has, all those amazing motor cars you produce and all that, that great industry. It turns out that the kind of the entertainment and the music industry in the UK is about the same size as the engineering sector in Germany, give or take. You know, it's a huge, huge part of, of British culture. And there's absolutely no support. There's no support whatsoever. It's it it's shambolic. I, I don't want to sound too negative because hopefully I'm sort of trying to give a positive message. You know, our lives are, our lives are so tough at the moment. I don't want to come on the radio and be all negative. But no, as soon as you ask that question, you know, th things and uh, things have been tough. I think Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister in Scotland, has been absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, as indeed of many of the female leaders around the world. I, I think through this crisis, that is. I always thought we probably should have female politicians in charge in, in most of the countries because I just think that women are more level-headed and better communicators, better listeners, and I think less ego-driven, I think less likely to start a war. But it's been shown around the world that I think female le leaders have had much more compassion and have dealt with this problem a lot better, so... I would like to say that Nicola Sturgeon, the, the first minister in Scotland, has been has been really fantastic, even though she's had one hand tied behind her back. Well, then, thank you so much for okay, that, that insight. That's enough of, po that's enough of politics. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry. About that. We could end uh, that with a very fun question, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's do that. Let's end with something more fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, could you teach us any uh, favourite Scottish or maybe even Gaelic word? Gaelic? Do you know what? That is so, it's so tough. A Gaelic is such a... A uh, huge part of our identity, but it, we've been taught for so many years that it's wrong and that our mother tongue, like Scots, is its own language. That has been drilled out of us at school. So I know very little Scots, but something that I do love is that they say that Scots is like a, a, North, a, North, a North Sea um, language. So there's so much German and... Yeah. Uh, Nor Norwegian and uh, Dutch and things like heim for for our our home we say heim as you do in Germany we say ken as in to know and I think there's there's a shared language that I really love yeah um, but do th there's a little phrase in Scotland when you, when you drive to Aberdeen up the coast yeah you pass this building and there's a phrase on the side of the The, of the of the building and it says you may gang fair far and for war and I think it just means I hope you go far and farewell yeah it, it sounds really mess, German it, it sounds really German and my wife grew up in a town in Scotland called Freakum or Freukheim as you would say in German, in yeah. German. <laughs> to my knowledge it's the only town in Scotland that has a German sounding name And I cannot get an answer as to why. I've got no idea what what the connection is, but I, th I presume the the Heim. I, I I don't know what it means. I really don't know. But um, I've always loved that connection between the Scots and and the German. I think probably doing a little bit of German at school is always kind of always kind of intrigued me. You know. Yeah. Well, Heim. I can tell you that like Heim is like home. 
yeah, that's it. So maybe maybe next time we maybe next time we speak, I'll have an answer. Yeah, yeah. Next time we do a, a Scottish uh, German uh, lesson exchange, <laughs> exchange lesson. <That's> <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well then, uh, thank you so, so much, James, for taking time. It was a real pleasure to talk with you. It was really nice to talk to you, Marina. Thanks yeah, take care. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.